This is an Equity Bates Media podcast. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to Get Started Investing, a production of Equitymates Media. This series is everything you need to get started on your investing journey. Now you can get rich very young just by having an idea. I'm looking for durable competitive advantage. I'm looking for something that has a moat around it for a considerable period of time. And I'm looking for an an honest and able management to run it because I don't know how to run it myself. Welcome to Get Started Investing ETF Deep Dive. In this bonus series, we're going to explore everything there is to know about exchange-traded funds or ETFs so that you can feel confident to use them in your investing journey. This series is proudly sponsored by BetaShares, and we've brought in some of their experts to help us break it all down. My name is Bryce, and as always, I'm joined by my equity buddy, Ren. How's it going, bro? I'm very good, Bryce. I'm very excited for this series. It feels like since COVID hit, Everything has been ETFs. There's been so much interest in ETFs in the community. You know, a lot of people are buying their first ETF or have been doing it in the last few months or are thinking about doing it. The flood of questions has been great. We did a live show with BetaShares, well, COVID-adjusted live show, where we tried to answer as many questions as possible in sort of 45 minutes or an hour. But really, we found that there were so many questions and so many great questions as well. Mm. So we thought we would put together a bit of a three-part series, go back to basics and then expand on that a little bit to hopefully try and cover most, if not all of the questions that we've been getting. So people listening can uh, really feel confident that they know what they need to know about ETFs to really get stuck in. Absolutely. So the three episodes we're going to be covering, as Alex said, back to basics is episode number one. What are your options? There's so many ETFs out there at the moment. So sometimes it's hard to know what to choose. That's going to be episode two. And episode three is going to be covering off what to do once you buy your ETF. Some of the more administrative things to understand, but are equally very important when it comes to managing your ETF portfolio. Yeah, that one I'm particularly excited for because I'm going to hazard a guess that I am going to learn a thing or two that I should be doing that I'm not doing in that third episode. I'm not great with the old paperwork. There'll be good lessons for people, you know, even like us who have been investing in ETFs for years to get smarter and maybe a bit more sensible about Absolutely. how we manage it. So to kick things off, episode one, it is our delight to welcome Ellie DeVere from BetaShares to the show. Ellie, welcome. Hi, guys. Very excited to be on. So Ellie, we're keen to get stuck into ETFs, but before we do, we want to hear a little bit about you. So can you maybe introduce yourself, tell us what you do at BetaShares and uh, tell us the story of your first investment? All right. So hi, everyone. Um, I'm Ellie. I work for BetaShares. BetaShares is an Australian ETF manager. We've been around for 10 years. We have the broadest range of funds available on the ASX. I think we're pushing 64 wow. last count. Wow. wow. It feels like every time we speak, there's another fund in the works. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we do. We've got a few. Yeah. We've got a few. So that's great. I think last count as well, 13 billion of funds under wow. management. Mm. 
yeah, so it's been a really exciting growth story for the business and pretty pumped to be sitting here chatting to everyone about exchange-traded funds. So, story of the first investment. (laughs) So, I've always been interested in investing and my first kind of dip your toe in was a really interesting experience. I, at the old age of 19, decided that gold bullion would be like a really great investment, like growth asset, not like let's go go buy some bullion. So, I went down to the, the gold mint, bought my two ounces of gold bullion and that was that was kind of that really how did um, you even know how to do that my mum all oh, right good mum there you well, go not really is yeah. it yeah so yeah, anyway good. don't copy your mum's <laughs> investment strategy <laughs> it doesn't always work and i also kind of dipped my toe in with shares but i did everything wrong with it so i didn't understand the company that i was investing in i didn't really know what i was looking for and i chose the company based on like a hot stock tip I got at someone's barbecue. It was ridiculous. Terrible way to... (laughs) Bad way to start. Anyway, so I ended up losing most of my capital in that the company went, the performance was really bad and I freaked out and I sold and then just kind of said investing's not for me and got scared off for a while. Kept on saving my cash, you know, went through uni, saved what I could and then kind of dipped my toe back into investing and using ETFs and it's been a much smoother ride since then. Nice. So that's the strategy now. Hmm. It is nice. for me. That's a great segue because we're here to talk about ETFs. And for a number of people in the equity mates community, there's a number of different experience levels. Some have been investing in ETFs for years and some are hearing that acronym for the first time. So let's start really general. Maybe what is an ETF and what does the acronym stand for? <laughs> the acronym, there are lots of acronyms in finance, but I promise you this is not a confusing or scary one at all. So ETF stands for Exchange Traded Fund, and essentially it is an investment fund that trades on a stock exchange. In Australia, our largest exchange is called the ASX, which is the Australian Securities Exchange, and that's where you go to buy buy and sell ETFs. Cool. So exchange traded funds, we do hate jargon here on ETFs. On, 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 so it's in my head. On, 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 on equity mates. Uh, and as Alec alluded to in the opening, and you've also seen obviously through beta shares growing very, very, very quickly and very popular amongst beginner investors. Mm. What are some of the, I guess, attractive elements of mm. an ETF? Why are they so popular? So an ETF typically aims to track an index and that's, you know, that's what it does and provide returns of that index to an investor less any fees. And that's really great for kind of starter investors because you can gain exposure to an entire market, but within one trade. So you're not sitting there trying to pick a single stock or like go through a company's reports or anything. You can just say, all right, I believe in the top 200 companies in Australia, or I believe in Australia, in you know, the share market. I think it's going to you know, grow over time. And with one trade, you can just buy the top 200 companies. So it kind of removes that element of it. Yeah. For, for, for that anxious feeling of having to choose between a thousand companies and get the choice right. Hmm. ETFs give you the ability to do that. Yeah. Totally. The other great thing is they are, you know, much lower cost than traditional actively managed funds, which is great when you're watching the dollars and they're super easy to access. So you just need to set up a brokerage account, obviously have money to invest and they don't have any minimums. Nice. So Ellie, one common confusion I think that uh, beginner investors have is 
the difference between an ETF and then an index or an index fund. So maybe just uh, so we can make it really clear, can you clarify what the difference is? Yeah, for sure. So an index ETF and an index fund, we'll start off with how they're similar and then we'll kind of just discuss how they're a little bit different. So they're both passive. They both aim to track a market index and return the performance of that index. So where ETFs differ is the tradability. So because they're listed on the stock exchange, the ASX, for Mm -hmm. example, investors can buy and sell them at any time they want through the trading day. Whereas with index funds, you can only buy into them or sell them at the end of of the trading day. And they also have minimums. So I think the average is around 5,000 to get started. So there's just a few of those considerations. So for people who are unfamiliar with what an index is, it's basically like a a basket of stocks. Uh, So the most common one in Australia, they take the 200 largest Australian stocks, uh, they put them together in a basket, and then they track the movement of that group of companies. That's in its most basic form what an index is. And so, yeah, traditionally, you had to fill out paperwork and have Mm. a certain amount of money and send Mm. it to a fund manager to access. By pigeon. Exactly, yeah. (laughs) yeah, yeah. (laughs) Dust off the fax machine, like, to access an index fund. But now, you know, as Ellie was saying, because of ETFs, it's literally a couple of clicks on your computer. We actually did a, this is a bit off topic, but we did a, we did a test. Is it quicker to buy Amazon stock or socks off Amazon? It's quicker to buy Amazon stock. So like, that's how easy it is to buy an ETF these days. Yeah. Yeah, It's really good. Speaking of buying and Ellie, you mentioned access is one of the sort of key, I guess, uh, attributes or, you know, reasons why people like ETFs. How does an individual investor actually get access to exchange-traded funds and sort of what steps do they need to take? Mm. Step one is 100% understand what you're investing in. Like you don't want to end up in a place like me with my agriculture company where I just have absolutely no idea. You knew so, about gold though. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so definitely understand what you're investing in. Then next step is go to your guy's website. Yo, check out you. the list of brokers <laughs> on there. It's like we practiced that one. <laughs> yeah, so check out uh, the different online brokers that are available in Australia. Decide which one is best for you. Go to them, set up your account, log in. And then once you're all logged in and and set up, you'll type in a code or ticker code as it's sometimes referred to. So every exchange traded fund has one of these codes, some more memorable than others. (laughs) We've got a couple of like crackers. Yes. Some really good ones. Hack, (laughs) yeah, for our cybersecurity ETF. NDQ for our NASDAQ. So Food for your agricultural one. (laughs) (laughs) Should have gone there. (laughs) Definitely should have done that one. And so you type in that code and that will bring up the information about that ETF, including its latest price that it's trading at. You'll put in your order and boom. You're invested. Yeah. I think the analogy for people who are unfamiliar is it's basically like online shopping. You sign up for an account, you add something to your basket, and then you hit buy. Like it is online shopping, really. You're just buying a part of a company rather than a pair of shoes. Mm. Well, you don't buy shoes. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) That's a terrible explanation for me because I don't know how online shopping works. Yeah. But that's what I hear. (laughs) I'm good at it. Yeah. I am. Ellie, there are plenty of ETFs out there, everything from ETFs that track indexes, as we were speaking about, to tracking specific investing themes. You know, BetaShares has an agricultural one, a cybersecurity one, an Australian technology company one, an Asian technology one. So before we get into the specifics of those different types, and we'll do that more in the second episode of this series as well, what are some of the important considerations for investing in any ETF, regardless Mm -hmm. of its type? Yeah, it's such a great question. So as you said, there's 
over, I think it's 240 ETFs yeah. in Australia now. So, wow. I mean, you know, pick what you want, basically. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's incredible. But with all investments, ETFs definitely carry risks, especially related to, you know, the performance of that ETF. So, depending on how the underlying assets in that ETF perform, you know, it can increase in value and it can also decrease as well. So, if you go to an ETF provider's website, BetaShares, for example, and you find the ETF product page on the website, Every fund um, has something called a PDS or product disclosure statement, and it's quite a it's quite a dense document, but it will give you basically everything that you need to know about that fund. So you know, click on it; it's a PDF. You know, don't print it because you know, think of the trees. Sustainability. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Please, you know, read it cover to cover, and it will tell you tell you what you need to know. Yeah. And as well as the PDS, websites like BetaShares break down a lot of the key information on the page. There's a page for every ETF. So yep. mm. those websites are a real resource when you're doing your research. Yeah, definitely. You can even see like every company that every ETF holds and yeah. stuff like that. Yeah. yeah. So for example, like if you were to jump on our website and go to our NASDAQ ETF, you can see the top 10 holdings of that ETF and then you can click and download the CSV with all the weightings of the company and has everything that you need in there. Yeah, nice. Mm. Ellie, another aspect of ETFs that is often confusing as well for the beginner investor is pricing. We'll touch on this in a bit more detail with Adam in our next episode, but at a basic level, what actually moves the price of an ETF? So there can be several things that move a price of an ETF, but essentially an ETF is priced at launch and then it's available on the market for people to buy and sell it. And then once it's launched, depending on, again, what the underlying assets are doing, that will be the biggest kind of mover of its price. So Ellie, one thing that confused me when I was starting out with ETFs, and I think we've got a number of questions on this, is there are certain ETFs that all track the same index. Mm. So we were talking about the ASX 200 index, the index of the 200 biggest Australian stocks. Uh, BetaShares has an ETF that tracks that with the lowest fees, we should point out. But there are a number of others that also track that index and the pricing of them is all different. So the uh, BetaShares A200 is $99 a unit thereabouts. And there are others with different prices. Like there's one that trades at $55. Mm. And that can often be confusing because they're all tracking the same index. Mm. So how should we understand the unit price difference when ETFs track the same underlying mm. index? Mm. So when you're considering to invest in an ETF, the unit price definitely needs to come in to that. But it shouldn't be the only thing that you look at. Like yeah. You need to consider other things like the provider the management costs as well. So for example, you know, our A200 fund, as you correctly pointed out, trades at around $99, but it, it's the lowest fees in the market. So if you want to buy a similar fund that's, you know, less per unit, basically you're just getting, you know, $50 exposure to the market versus 100 And, you know, through the $100 unit, you know, A200, you've got the lowest fees at just seven basis points. So mm. I think the important takeaway there, it's not like the a $55 unit price is like a better value or better yeah. bargain yeah. because whatever money you put into that mm. ETF is then distributed amongst the underlying index that it holds. So yeah. it's not like this ASX 200 ETF is cheaper per unit than this one. So that's a better bargain. Yeah. Right? That's or it's going it to grow more or whatever. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 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 The, the unit price has absolutely no reflection on its performance or yeah. any yeah. of those other metrics as well. So yeah. I think that's really important for people to understand. I yeah. agree. Yeah. Mm. We were chatting with a beginner investor last night even mm. and they... We're looking at a fund that was, you know, priced at nine bucks mm. and 
immediately thought, oh, it's got a lot of room to grow because there's one out there that's a hundred bucks. Mm. And it's like, no, 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 it's, yeah, that's not it's irrelevant. Yeah. The yeah. price yeah. of the fund is irrelevant. Yeah. For ETFs. For ETFs. Mm. For ETFs. Yeah. yeah. So Ellie, let's talk about dividends. You know, a lot of stocks pay dividends mm-hmm. out on the market. So the, I guess the first question is, do all ETFs pay dividends? So depending on which one you're invested in, so ETFs do pay distributions. So that's how they kind of differ. Shares will pay dividends, ETFs pay distributions. It comes down to how they're structured. We hate jargon here, as we've said. At the end of the day, what's the difference between a distribution and a dividend for just your everyday investor? Nothing. Yeah, Mm. I think that's the main thing. It's money that hits your nominated bank account. You've got to pay tax on it. It's the same. It's just a, this fund structure means that it gets a slightly different terminology. Yeah. Yeah. So Ellie, another aspect of ETFs that we should unpack is dividends. A lot of individual stocks pay dividends. And just for anyone who is listening and is at the beginning of their journey, a dividend is essentially a payout of company's profit to you as a shareholder. Not all companies do do it, but here in Australia, a lot of companies love to do it. Love it. (laughs) (laughs) The question, I guess, is do ETFs pay dividends? So ETFs pay distributions, not dividends. And they are, for the sake of this chat, essentially the same same thing. Yep. An investor will receive a cash payout. Yeah. Yeah. So they receive the cash in their brokerage account or bank account. Yeah. They pay tax on it like a dividend. For all intents and purposes, it's really the same for a retail investor. Mm. It's just and, because yeah. the fund is a different structure, they call it a distribution. Mm. And yeah. depending on, you know, which which ETF you're holding, that could be kind of monthly income, quarterly Annually, it just depends on what you're holding. So again, all that information is in the PDS. And I think the important thing for people to understand, if they want to know what dividend uh, or distribution will be paid out, they can look on the ETF provider's Mm -hmm. website and there will be historical distributions that you can see. But really, at the end of the day, an ETF, all it does is whatever companies are held in that ETF, whatever dividends they pay, Mm -hmm. then get passed through to the investor as a distribution. So if you want to know if an ETF will pay a dividend or not, it, it's really dependent on the underlying companies. Bang on. In most cases. Yeah. <laughs> Bang on. Yeah. One of our favorite aspects of dividends is dividend reinvestment plans mm. or DRPs. And this is where the nature of compounding comes mm. into play. If you can just reinvest your dividend back into the same mm. stock over and over again over a long period of time, you're going to be doing very well. The question is, do ETFs have dividend reinvestment plans? They do. So most ETFs do offer them and you can set those up through your share registry. So yep. for BetaShares funds, it's called Link Market Services. I think we'll touch on those in yeah. later episode episodes. Three. Third episode, there's going to be a lot on that. Great. Yeah. <laughs> Great to hear. Love love investing, Edmund. <laughs> very so important though. Very, very important though. Yeah. Yeah. And you can opt in to either full or partial reinvestment plans is completely up to you. And essentially what that means is instead of getting your distribution in cash, you get that in the form of units, which is then reinvested into your overall holdings. Do you personally do DRPs? I do. I do full DRPs across all my funds. Yeah. No. Mm. I think for a beginner and for people sort of our age, it makes total sense. Unless you have a specific goal to get that cash through, it just makes sense 
to in take most, advantage in the most general sense, depending on your personal. Of course, as I said, yeah. but like if you want to take advantage of compounding, then this is a vehicle in which you can do it. Yeah, it's mm. a great option to be aware of and to think about. Yeah, yeah. Mm. yeah. Now, Ellie, we've introduced one of our uh, two official policies here at Equity Mates <laughs> that we hate jargon. I'm going to introduce our second policy, uh, which is we hate fees. <laughs> and <laughs> ETFs have and been... we introduce a new policy in episode three. <laughs> oh, yeah. which is... <laughs> so. Stay tuned. (laughs) And our fourth official policy is we hate official policy. (laughs) Which is confusing for everyone. But look, ETFs have been this great vehicle for reducing the cost of investing for individual investors. And I think that's why Bryce and I uh, love it so much. It's because it's just brought down this cost, all this unnecessary expense for for investors. But in saying that, there still are fees and you still have to be aware of them because... um, they're still important. So again, let's start general. What are the fees we should be aware of when we're talking about ETFs? Fees, I know. Everyone everyone talks about it and it's definitely something to consider with mm. ETFs. So, I mean, my philosophy and a lot of people's philosophy is, you know, control the controllable when you're investing. Mm. Can't control what the markets are going to do, but you can control how much you pay for your investment. So it's definitely something to be aware of before you invest. So management costs can be found on a provider's website, again, on the product page, and that's usually expressed as a percentage point or some of the, the financial lingo or jargon, I should say, <laughs> is basis point. So yep, you might yep. hear it described as a basis point. And a basis point is essentially just a unit of measure. Mm. And one basis point equals 0.01%. Yeah. So I'm going to give you an example. Sure. So with our A200 fund, the fees for that is 0.07% or seven basis points. And that means for every $1,000 invested, you'll pay 70 cents mm. management cost in that. So it's cheap. Yeah. Especially right. when I pay $120 for my Netflix subscription <laughs> a year. True, what true. am I doing? And I, I think people sometimes get lost in like the seven basis points, nine basis points, whatever it is. Mm. And I think it's always important to put it in context that mm. back in the day, you know, before ETFs were a thing and there was a real, you know, focus on reducing cost for individual investors, investors would pay fees in full percentage points. So, you know, a traditional hedge fund would charge 2% management fee and then a performance fee on top of that as well. And you compare that 2% management fee to 0.07% management fee that your A200 mm. ETF charges now. And it really puts it in perspective just how far costs have fallen for individual investors. I mean, 70 yeah, cents is ridiculous. Mm. Yeah, you, so cheap. You wouldn't even <laughs> bend down to pick that up. Yeah. <laughs> oh, how far you've risen. Gold's <laughs> only, baby. <laughs> you are right, Ren. It's, it's amazing and it's only getting cheaper mm. and it's just only getting more accessible. So, I mean, there's just no reason really to be sitting on the sidelines at the mm. moment. I mean, accessibility and, and the cost of getting into the markets mm. now is just great. So, every ETF has a management fee and for people who want to have a look at the ETFs they hold and the management fees, they should have done that before they hold, <laughs> held it, but, you know, better late than never. Um, <laughs> where can we find that information? On the provider's website. Yeah, I think that's straightforward. Gonna, I think that's going to be a real recurring theme throughout these three-part series. A lot of these go to the website. Go to the website. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's no, a one-stop are, shop. They are just it's a very need. useful source of yeah. information. Yeah. I mean, you don't need to go anywhere else other than the Equity Mates website. Oh, well, <laughs> true, true, true. And one one final thing on fees as well. Something good good to know is it's deducted out of the ETF as you're holding it every day, so you don't get a a bill at the end of the year that's, or anything yes. that's like actually, that. That's actually that's a great thing. 
to make clear. Yeah, it's not like beta shares are going to invoice you. <laughs> Chasing down millions yeah. of people for their invoice. And their payment Red. terms are tight as well. <laughs> no, 14 days on that. <laughs> so, Ellie, we've covered a lot of the basics, which is great, and we are going to dig into some of them in a little bit more detail over the next couple of episodes because there are a few nuances to understand and unpack, which is very important when you're starting your journey. But we've mentioned goals. Once you understand an ETF, how it works, and you know, you, you've found the right investing option, how do you go about building a plan to sort of that aligns with you as an investor? Mm, it's a great question and something that we get asked very often as well. And I think everyone's goals are just so different and so personal. Mm. I think a good way to look at it is how long is your investment horizon? And that will then start, you know, hopefully informing, you know, what what potentially you, you should invest in. Obviously, when you're younger, you've got a far longer road ahead of you. You know, you can you can hold funds that might support that. And then as you're nearing retirement, you do want to kind of dial down the risk. You might have income requirements and, you know, similar kind of life changes mm. like that. So there's, you know, 200 plus funds, mm. 60 plus beta shares funds yeah. to look at and try and align to, you know, where, where you want to go basically in your wealth creation journey. And I think to not just keep pushing people to the beta shares website, but I think <laughs> I think this is something good that you guys have done is once you think about your goals, so, you know, you gave an example there, if you're nearing retirement and you want income, but then you're trying to connect that goal with then what ETFs are the right ones. Mm. Well, one, they're, they're labeled in a way, they're named in a way that is quite mm. easy. There's one called like a high income fund or something mm. so that, that's a not that's, quite but that'll uh, do <laughs> I'm waiting for the get rich quick ETF <laughs> when's that coming take a gamble yeah <laughs> you've actually structured your website so there's like you know income ETFs and then there's mm. the ETFs that are relevant to that or like you know, overseas ETFs and mm. stuff like that. So once you have your goal and then you're trying to figure out, well, okay, I've got this goal, but what actually ETFs align to that goal? Mm. You can start at the BetaShares website and look at how the ETFs are categorized to start figuring out that journey from your goal to what you're actually going to put your money in. Yeah, totally. And again, I think like the great thing about ETFs is you can, you know, take a view on a theme or a market, something for, you know, for example, technology, and you don't need to sit there trying to pick a tech company that's that's interesting to you. You can just say, great, I think, you know, US tech companies like Facebook and Apple and Google will continue, you know, to dominate and mm. you can just buy an ETF that will give you exposure to that straight away. Mm. Well, Ellie, thank you so much for joining us, unpacking some of the basics around ETFs, exchange-traded funds. We hate jargon, but that's probably the only acronym that we're <laughs> going to be talking about in this series. I hope you've enjoyed it as a listener and stick around for the next two episodes where we bring in more experts from BetaShares to help us unpack what your options are in the universe of ETFs yep. as well as what to do once you buy. We hate letters and you will soon find out why <laughs> that will become a policy. <laughs> But anyway, Ellie, thank you for your time very much. Enjoyed having you on. Thank you so much. Thanks, Ellie. Thanks for listening to Get Started Investing, a production of Equitymates Media. Please remember that everything you hear in Get Started Investing is general advice only. The content has been prepared without knowing your personal objectives, specific financial circumstances or goals. The hosts of Get Started Investing may maintain positions in the companies discussed. Before considering any investment, please read the product disclosure statement and consider speaking to a licensed financial professional. Hold up. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. 